Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Today we talk to Sharon Jordan, Managing Director of Irish Travel Trade Network, about the reopening of tourism in Ireland and their eventual return to international travel. Jordan has been at the fore of the travel industry in Ireland for 20 years and last year took over ITTN. Admirably, she took over a new business in the middle of a pandemic and had rejuvenated immense energy into the industry during what has been the most turbulent time in the lives of many working in this sector. Sharon, tell us what ITTN is all about. Okay, so Irish ITTN stands for Irish Travel Trade News, and um, it has been in existence for about 50 years before I bought it. Um, and I bought it last year in the middle of the worst, um, I suppose the worst time you could ever imagine in, in the travel industry and in all industries, but particularly in the travel industry, as you know, it was really, really badly hit and still continues to be really, really badly hit. But it stands for Irish Travel Trade Network. And that's exactly what it is in the tin. It's telling you everything there is to know about the travel industry in one place. And and, and, and that's the thing, because the industry, as I say, I mean, when you, when you say travel, are you looking at the international perspective or are you looking at the local perspective? How, how, do, you, how do you sum it up? So ITTN, as it stood when I bought it, was literally the international market. And I was, you know, that's all it was looking at. But, you know, little by little, it became more and more evident that we weren't going to be getting away anytime soon. So the word staycation started becoming very popular. And I started to think, OK, we need to start putting some Irish content on the site and on the, the newsletter and on the platforms. Mm. But what I found happening, and you'd be very, you'd know more about this, John, than I would, is instantly we started getting people unsubscribing. Because the people that are looking at the international market have no interest in the inbound Irish market. Oh. So I said to myself, I'd put a tab on the, the website and just have Ireland content in there. And as you do, it just start growing legs because everyone just wants to talk about staycation, 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 staycation. So eventually then I just um, two months ago launched ITTN Ireland. Oh. So that's pure platform that just talks about Ireland only. So I've got an outbound international site, ITTN.ie, and an inbound Ireland only, um, ITTNIreland.ie. So two very different platforms talk about two different parts very of good. Parts of the business, I suppose. And that's the thing. I mean, it's interesting. Like, I mean, I got my vaccination yesterday. And um, I have to say, oh, well, I'm a bit out of sorts, a bit cranky, to be honest, today. I'm not, I, I, that's the extent of my reaction to it. That's fair enough. But um, the people are getting vaccinated. Things are opening up. I had a lovely amble around my hometown yesterday and enjoyed being able to go places to pick up, have a pint outside. And, you know, it was just lovely seeing life return to the streets of Ireland. Then, uh, like another thing is, you know, uh, the, the the appetite for traveling internationally is obviously coming back as well. And people are looking at getting abroad. So are you seeing green shoots? Uh, I mean, obviously, um, people have been booking like crazy and prices are obviously going up around places around the country. That's what you hear a lot of. But at the same time, are you seeing green shoots on the on the international travel perspective, too? Yeah. So um, there was I can say with great confidence, very little happening until the EU COVID certificate was announced. Um, and oh. as soon as that was announced, then we started to see massive green shoots. There was bookings across the country to international markets. I'm oh, sorry, when I say international markets, I mean Europe. Um, it, instantly, and um, people got the confidence back to book because they knew no matter what Ireland decides, they kind of have to row in behind the EU. And we do have to uh, like totally row in behind the EU or whatever policy they put up. So there was that massive level of initial pent-up rebookings, but they're rebookings, right? So it's people who had booked two years ago, pushed it off to last year, who are now pushing it off. So very 
very small amount of cash flow going out there, if, if, mm. if you get what I'm saying. So it's a lot of people that have vouchers, a lot of people that are pushing the holidays off. But then once they cleared, yeah, we were definitely getting the word on the street was across the country that, you know, travel agents were very busy. People, the, the online sites, I mean, we saw spikes in our site every single day, particularly between the hours of four and seven. It was like right up the amount of people researching holidays abroad. Um, but then the news last week in the UK that, you know, Portugal was the only destination on their green list. And I know the UK is outside of Europe, the EU COVID certificate, but when the UK government pulled that with four days notice it really knocked confidence in the Irish market again so people just stopped and I mean I've been talking to four big tour operators this morning and they said the phones are just stopped completely completely stopped Interesting. the mixed messaging is killing the industry or it's killing people's you know I think people will travel they'll definitely travel I think it will be July onwards perhaps mm. the end of July onwards but I think people will be booking very last minute going forward because they just don't want their plans ruined and fair enough and, and that's the thing because I mean things are changing all the time uh, one minute things are looking good next thing things are, aren't looking so good do you think with the growing vaccination of the Irish public and then the situation where you know the EU is proposing this uh, green passport do, do you think that will help matters yeah, absolutely. Of course it will. I mean, why wouldn't you be safe travelling if everybody on the plane was vaccinated or they had a PCR test or, you know, they'd recovered from COVID? I mean, you're probably safer on that, in that environment than you are walking to your local shop because you don't know what people have or what they don't mm. have. Whereas when you're on a plane or in an airport and you know everyone's in the same boat, pardon the pun, boat plane, <laughs> um, you're literally you just should have massive confidence in traveling, you know, and all the hotels are so geared up for this level of, um, this, this, they're so geared up for this level of interaction and they're, they're waiting for it. I was very lucky to be at Dublin airport on Friday and I got to, um, have some exclusive at Dublin airport by going in to see how the system's going to work when we get back traveling after the 19th July and how mm. the certificate would work and, um, the IATA travel pass. And it's fascinating how fast we've adapted to all these things because it's literally now made the airport journey much more seamless because you're just like tap, 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 tap your card, no cash, no paper, no nothing, in you go, don't talk to anybody, just get in the plane. Oh, that would be nice because I, I used to, I, I, one, of, one, of the, one of the things actually that used to really drive me mad about travel uh, in the past was like, everyone talked about, you know, you get on a plane and be, you know, it should be just like getting on a bus. But of course it wasn't. And of course, obviously because of 9-11 and everything else. I mean, tra- just there is security uh, issues there. But like it, 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 getting on a plane and going somewhere was a very long drawn out process. And just getting yourself back home was another long drawn out process, especially if you situations like transfers, particularly in the US, which is particularly annoying me where, you know, planes were constantly delayed and never took off on time and you'd be kind of rushing, having, nearly having a heart attack just getting to your, getting onto your plane. But, the you know, that sounds really good if it's going to be that easy. Uh, it tap, tap, tap and go. No one can predict the future, obviously, and nobody saw this whole thing coming. But at the end, end of the day, we've learned so much in these last year, this last year and a half. Do you, do you think that the... The situation is that, you know, how do you feel about normality again? Do you think think with confidence that, as you say, you're, you're building a travel news network, obviously, and, you know, people will travel. I think we all have a wanderlust. Everyone does. And we and particularly anyone who uh, has the wherewithal to travel after this has spent probably a whole lifetime traveling and therefore will want to get back out there again. Would you be confident about the future overall? Or do you think that, you know, this this stop gap, stop go situation is with us for a while? How I know that I'm confident about the future is because um, in my previous role, which I gave up a year ago, um, was probably one of the biggest 
travel roles in the country and I gave up this job to buy this little company so I haven't you know I haven't done this without thinking it through I mean the travel industry and we are probably one of the most resilient industries in the world we have been through like you said at 9-11 we've been through ash clouds we've been through wars we've been through oil crisis we've been through everything we always always bounce back because like you said wanderlust is just in all of us and particularly when we live on a rock and that's what we do we live in an island you know we need to get off this rock <laughs> and i'll be first in line i can tell you but um i mean last week i stayed in the intercontinental hotel it was like their first opening night after being closed since christmas beautiful atmosphere in the hotel and not once did i feel unsafe and hmm. um, everything was just done the way you would want it to be done Yesterday, I went out to um, the Devil Inn in Ranala with the girls. We had lovely cocktails. It was beautiful. It was just so nice to feel normal again. And mm. I think just everybody's craving that. Everybody's yeah. craving just normality and not having to sit in a park. <laughs> Anything yeah, or, 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 or endure watching, uh, you know, police and, and kids or teenagers or young adults fighting on streets. I mean, that that's... I, I think what we have learned as a country, hopefully, is that we can just plan better for future as well and avoid those, those situations and avoid those those um, frictions for people. Um, but but looking to the future as well, uh, what what are you going to do with the network that you have built or that you're growing? Uh, what what are your plans for the future? How do you see yourself monetizing from the travel industry? I mean, would would you ever see it as a booking engine of sorts? Possibly, possibly. I mean, that's something that would happen a lot down the road because at the end of the day really the trade is still a huge part of the booking process mm. for Irish people I mean trade still accounts for 80% of all bookings made in this country which is a huge percentage when you think 20% only book online now I'm not talking about your Ryanair or your Aer Lingus it's about 80% that would book pure family holidays or pure you know your trip to Bali or your cruise they would go through travel agents so I mean really a trade drive is very important for me particularly in the international market but in terms of monetizing. So basically, I was very lucky when I took it over that I just literally took over the intellectual property, as they'd say. And mm. I was I was very fortunate to take on some really key journalists in the industry. I took on Fionn Davenport. Um, you probably know him, John. So he now um, he's editor in chief and he edits um, our international stuff for us. And then I was very fortunate to get Joan Scales on board, ex-Irish Times, and she's joined to edit our Irish side. Um, we've just got a really, really, really good key team that are there to make sure that all the information is there at any time, whether you want to know about where to go in, in the country, like the beautiful report yesterday on what restaurants I have outdoor dining across Ireland. And like, um, then we were doing, then, then the next breath we're doing like what's happening in the airports and the next breath we're doing this another, you know, so there's just yeah. so much going on at the moment. There's so much news. But from a monetary point of view, like how I, how the company actually makes money is through advertising with companies. Yeah. So they would advertise on banners. They would do like, you know, they would take social posts and stuff like that. But trust me, there ain't no money at the moment. <laughs> There's <laughs> certainly no money at the moment. And we're all in, um, as, as the team always say here, we're always like, God, we're in training at the moment for when things do come back and they will come back. And it's, oh, they will. It's, it's about just steadying the ship and keeping the ship forward and making sure that we're being, that we are delivering what people want to read and that people know how to find us if mm. they want to know anything about what's the age that you have to get a COVID test for kids. Like, you know, Portugal, you have to be it's two and over, but Malta, it's six and over. You know, yeah. you just, we are the platform that you will find out any kind of information you want to know about anything going on in the world at the moment. 
related to travel. <laughs> related well, to- that's a good thing because, I mean, a lot of people in the past would have simply done things like they'd be relying almost on TripAdvisor reviews from people who, what's this hotel like to stay in? And that would almost, some of their experiences would form their experiences such as, you know, when you're down in a, in a, in a market somewhere and people says they know you from the hotel, that's obviously somebody who's trying to con you into buying a rug or something, you know, depending where you're going. Uh, so I, I, I think you're right. I think I think there needs to be more structure and have people gather their information before they go anywhere. But, you know, even other things like spotting trends. I, I've been amazed just how, from word of mouth, just talking to people, just how many venues and pubs are reopening and are very dog-friendly, for example. And that appeals to the punters, you know, in a huge way. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. And I, I think, uh, you know, looking to the future, Future, we will get traveling again we will want to you know we all have that wanderlust and do you think um like the the content style will evolve will do you see yourselves going beyond written st- content to video podcasts that kind of content too absolutely yeah i mean it's the future isn't it i mean it's definitely the future written is only one part of the i think the consumer journey these days i think people mm. want and a lot of our articles would have an article and i would like to hear the audio interview click here or to watch the video click here because it's the future I mean the younger if you want to keep younger people engaged you need to have video that's bottom line I mean Uh, absolutely it's like it's like so cool (laughs) it's just like they're not interested in a picture they want to see or they're not interested in news. They want to see real live things happening really, really fast. And, and, and isn't a huge part of the travel experience, the anticipation. It's not just being there and getting there and obviously what you remember and all the things you take pictures of. It's also before you go and if you're going, if you don't know where you're going about a month before or two months before, you're going to be imagining and you want to envision and you want to see things. You want to, you know, see who's been there before. What did they see? What, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> you know, all those kind of things. And that's a huge thing. In the last few years, virtual reality has become a big thing. You know, all these virtual mm. reality goggles have seen different resorts you're going to. But I mean, nothing beats the person experience. We know True. that. We know like you want to experience, you want to smell. Like, you know, yeah. for me, it's always, you know, when you get on the plane and, you know, when the plane door opens and the heat hits you. And you're just yeah. like, I, I, I just I just personally want to be on a, in a Mediterranean harbour somewhere with the sun really being down a nice cold beer in front of me. That would be just lovely right now. <laughs> oh, it's the dream, isn't it? it and is everyone is saying, would you not like, well, where would you pick to go? Would you go to a ski holiday? I'm like, yeah, I will. But first of all, I just need that heat. Thanks very much. I need a sun on my face. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. That was a really good. Sharon Jordan, I- ITTN. Thank you so much. Thanks, John.